Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. The reason that I listen to you from the infamous other side, you will call a spade a spade, and if it's indefensible, you will not defend it. And you know what? I can respect that. I'm telling you, CPT 820. Yes, there is an election in Wisconsin today, but a week from today, there is uh, people are going to be going to the polls actually in many places around the state. But we have been focusing on what is happening is going to happen in Chicago. There are nine candidates who want to be the next mayor. And as we are getting down to the wire here, uh, not surprisingly, things are getting a little heated particularly race seems to be becoming a real issue in a lot of different ways in this race. Uh, candidate Willie Wilson has put out a press statement demanding that Lori Lightfoot denounce Indigo Magazine because one of the editors of Indigo Magazine wrote an editorial that said that um, the black vote should unite behind one candidate, basically Everybody who's black should get together, decide which of them is going to be in the race, and everybody else drops out. And uh, um, Willie Wilson is calling that racist and wants the mayor to condemn Indigo magazine. Okay. Also, uh, on her own, uh, Lori Lightfoot has had to apologize recently. She was appearing before a crowd and... She said, I believe the quote was, any vote coming from the south side for somebody not named Lightfoot is a vote for Chewy Garcia or Paul Vallis. If you're black and you don't vote for the black incumbent mayor, then you're essentially voting for somebody white or Hispanic. Damn you. Well, she's walked that back. But race continues to be an issue in If you're a paying subscriber for the Picayune Sentinel, not only do you get the Thursday official edition, but you get a special Tuesday edition. And in today's Tuesday edition, (sighs) Mr. Zorn, Eric Zorn, who writes it, talked about an exchange he's had recently with former television political reporter Charles Thomas. Charles Thomas, of course got um, some negative press when he recorded some television commercials for Republican gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin. Um, he has also been in, I won't call it a war of words, let's just call it a, a passionate exchange of words with Eric Zorn about Charles Thomas' support of the candidacy of Reverend Dr. Willie Wilson. And I was reading what Eric said, what Charles said, what Eric said, what Charles said, and I just, I found it fascinating. And, and, and it takes a lot to surprise me, but I also found it really surprising. I asked Eric if he would join me today to talk about this exchange of emails and other all things uh, Chicago politics. Eric, how are you today? Good as talk to you, John. I, I like that you've added Reverend to uh, Willie Wilson's phony list of titles. Uh, he's not a doctor, and he's not a reverend, but, but continue. Okay, well, here's why, why I either call him Reverend Doctor or Doctor, because I believe 
as, as you've talked about this, I've talked a bit about this. His his doctoral degree is an honorary one. He, he's quite he's quite open about the fact that he doesn't have past uh, seventh or eighth grade education. So clearly, he's not a PhD. But it is how he prefers to be referred to. And I think as long as the listeners know where the honorific comes from and that it is his personal choice, you know, if, if a candidate wants to be called Big Red Jones, if that is their preferred method of being described, I don't care. I'll call him Big Red Jones. It's just that's just not a hill I want to die on. So you're absolutely right. He doesn't have a Ph.D., and it was an honorary degree, but he's very proud of it. And he has asked that he be addressed that way. <laughs> it is, can it I, is one of can my I, smaller sins, Eric. Can I, can I be addressed uh, as your majesty? I mean, I would like your majesty, to. Eric Zorn, joins us now to explain to us about a very interesting he ha- exchange he has had with former television political reporter Charles Thomas. Your Majesty, please tell the listeners of what we speak. Sire, this. go ahead. This is, uh, this is great. No, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a little backstory on this. Uh, first of all, uh, you're probably friends with Charles Thomas. He, yeah, you know, you work I don't know him, certainly. honestly. I've never met him. He was after my time at Channel 7, and oh, our paths good. never crossed because I was a medical reporter. He was a political reporter, and we didn't, we didn't, I mean, I know his name. He might know my name but that's about it okay well anyway i i've always thought that he was a pretty pretty good reporter i, I liked his so i he was a faithful channel seven watcher for a long time and i thought that his work was good respect i had a lot of respect for him i was really surprised recently to see him come out uh well first of all i was really surprised that he endorsed darren bailey uh because darren bailey was a kook i mean the guy who ran for governor is a republican i thought he was manifestly unqualified to be governor and, and his candidacy was troubling and weird and and charles as a former political reporter he, he had to know uh, i felt that that a lot of what of, of what bailey was saying was nonsense and and that his programs and ideas were far-fetched and that he was completely unsuitable to be governor i was surprised to see that usually journalists especially uh, you know those who've been in the business for a long time like charles was had this sort of sense of like not at least joining a team, and he really joined the team for Bailey, and then and then he appeared on this documentary. I don't know if you talked about it on your show. Uh, uh, the Illinois Policy Institute has put out this this documentary about the Chicago Teachers Union, really bashing the teachers union and uh, implying that they're they're the reason that school performance is so poor in Chicago and so on. I, I really don't think I was really surprised to see that from from Charles. And then I wrote uh, something. Oh, I, in that item, I wrote something that uh, indicated I was also surprised to see that he had endorsed Paul Vallis, and that was a mistake. I, I had thought that I had heard him endorse Paul Vallis. It was a mistake. He wrote to me and said, "Look, I don't endorse Paul Vallis. I endorse Willie Wilson." I said, "I owe you an apology and a, and a correction." Uh, but uh, w- while I'm doing that, I'm curious how someone uh, with your experience uh, and your knowledge of how complicated government and budget policies are. How could you be endorsing someone who doesn't have the qualifications and the qualities that you would want in a mayor? The, and, I, and I pointed him to the issues page of Willie Wilson's campaign website. It's, it, the page is usually pretty well built out by most candidates. There are 300 words on this page, and a lot of it is just banality. It's like, we need to help Chicagoans create the new post-pandemic normal. 
This means listening closely to citizens' needs and working together with inclusion as the guiding light. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just babble. It's campaign babble. And I was like, why would you think that Willie Wilson is qualified? I didn't mention anything about his education level or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So Charles, Charles writes back, he says, you know, well, uh, how can you say that Willie Wilson is unqualified when you didn't say that about Bruce Rauner or J.B. Pritzker, who ran for governor, and they, neither of them had any government experience? Uh, and so and I hadn't, I hadn't uh, mentioned either of those two guys, nor had I mentioned their education or, or Wilson's education, but I did point out that Rauner, and I never supported Rauner, but, but uh, Rauner has an economics degree from Dartmouth and a Harvard MBA, Pritzker is a Northwestern Law School graduate, and it does take some education and, and knowledge to run a massive enterprise like the Corporation of the City of Chicago. Um, and so I sort of challenged him on that, and I just asked him, I said, you know, again, Willie Wilson seems like a very nice man. He's, he's way too right-wing for me, but not too right-wing for Charles Thomas, but, but, and he's generous, but I don't think he has any policy chops, and I think the problems facing our city are, are very severe, and they require someone who's going to know how to balance the needs of, their, of all kinds of constituencies. We've got housing issues, crime issues, environmental issues, all sorts of things. And, and Willie Wilson's whole thing seems to be lower taxes and, and let the police brutalize criminals. And that seems to be his platform. I haven't heard much else from him. So why would a guy like Charles Thomas, who, again, I respect, I think he's a really smart guy. And he's, every time I've seen him on panel shows and so on, why would he get behind Willie Wilson? So I challenged him in an email, and then I gave him the last word, and, and I'll say, you know, his, his, oh, his last message to me was Dartmouth, question mark, Harvard, question mark, Northwestern, question mark. And he says, Will, Willie Wilson ran away from a southern plantation. He survived his escape. He thrived. He turned this company to a $60 million a year international medical supply enterprise. Uh, and he said people like Willie Wilson survived their escape and thrived in their freedom. Uh, he's a living composite of the millions of Southerners who've arrived here during the Great Migration. He says it's truly a black thing when I contend that Wilson's life experience trumps Rounders and Pritzkers. And that's uh, and I gave that's that's the last word in our in my conversation with Charles. And and uh, uh, I, I'll give him the last word on that. Uh, if, if that if that satisfies you as a Willie really Wilson supporter, then then fine. I I just feel like if you want if you want it if you're a conservative leaning person, I think I would think you would want a Paul Vallis who. You know, who is uh, about as nerdy as they get, and and knows budget, and he knows schools, and he knows crime, and he, he just knows his, these issues. Now, uh, and he's basically on the same side as Willie Wilson. Only I think he has the understanding of, of the political system to get those things done. I'm not going to vote for Paul Vallis or Willie Wilson, but if if that's where you're leaning, and I don't think too many listeners of WCPQ would be leaning that way, then I, I can't see why you would go for Wilson instead of Vallis. So that's my. That's my argument. (laughs) Would you, I've been thinking about this since I read it this morning, and I think that there was a a communications disconnect here. I personally, after reading this exchange, I don't think Charles grasped what your objection was. Because he's saying, you know, you know, we've had business people get elected before, and it's like, it's life experience that I value in this guy. But I think what you were saying was that's all well and good, but that life experience, if it is going to be useful in this job, should translate into clearly stated 
policies, a clearly stated agenda. This is what I've learned since I ran away from a southern plantation and raised myself up by my bootstraps. You know, I've learned a lot of things. So when it comes to public safety, I want to do point number one, point number two, point number three, point number four, because based on my incredible experience, that's what's going to solve this problem. And I think you were saying, where are the policies? And Charles was hearing from you. Well, I don't respect this guy because like he didn't go to he didn't go to Harvard and all he has is life experience and, and money and life experience and money are great. But that but if you want to be a candidate, you have to tell people what you want to accomplish and how you want to accomplish it. And I think that's where you're seeing the the perhaps lack in the Wilson campaign. I don't think Charles understood your critique. He seemed to take it very personally, like it was some sort of personal attack on this, you know, black man who had a tough life. And uh, now somehow Eric Zorn is saying, you know, he shouldn't be running for mayor. He doesn't have the chops. And you're saying he doesn't have the chops based on what he's telling us. I don't see chops in his website. I don't I think there was a disconnect there and we are going to get Eric's reaction to my insightful thoughts right after a quick break. Now back to Joan Esposito, live, local and progressive on WCPT 820. In today's newsletter for paying members of the Picayune Sentinel, His Highness Eric Zorn recounts an interchange he had with former political reporter Charles Thomas, where they were talking about Charles' support of Reverend Dr. Willie Wilson's candidacy and Eric's sort of puzzlement over the fact that somebody as experienced and as bright as Charles Thomas could support someone who really is very weak when it comes to expressing policy statements. In my profound wisdom, I shared with Eric that I thought that it was a communications um, miscommunication because I don't think Charles understood that what Eric was saying was not I don't I don't want to vote for this guy uh, because he's too Republican or I don't want to vote for this guy uh, because he's black or I don't want to vote for this guy because he didn't go to Harvard. But rather, I'm not going to vote for this guy because I look at his his campaign website, and I see no discernible policies that he wants to put in place. So, uh, Eric, your reaction to my deep, insightful comments? Well, yeah, I mean, clearly Charles was answering questions that I wasn't asking, and uh, I was asking questions that he wasn't answering. It's I don't know if it's a misunderstanding or just one of those things when you're arguing politics, you, you argue the question that you wish you were asked. Than the question you asked. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and Charles, you know, when, when I suggested that, that uh, um, I didn't think Wilson was qualified, I mean, I, I felt like maybe he was playing the race card on me a little bit by saying, what makes Willie Wilson different? Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that part of the exchange. I mean, it's like, I, I, oh, you thought that Pritzker and Rauner were qualified, but Wilson, no. What's, what's different about him? Hmm. I, I felt, I mean, I didn't take the bait there. Uh, I was I was a little offended by it, but I didn't take the bait because, you know, I... I mean, just, there's nothing in my voting history or my political support. I was all, I was major supporter of, of Lori Lightfoot and Barack Obama, and you know, I, I, I had Tony Preckwinkle. I, I voted for a lot of black politicians. I have no 
problem, and I'm, and I'm glad, I was really glad to see the rise of black political leaders in this area, so I don't have any problem with Willie Wilson's race. And in fact, I think Brandon Johnson is a really, a really uh, appealing candidate at this point. Uh, but but um, beyond that, I, I, I think that the question of, of resume and experience is sort of one thing. And the track record is certainly mixed about rich people who decide they want to buy their way into public office without any political support. They want to start. I would say more often than not, I'd say a majority of the time it doesn't work out because government yeah. is not like running a corporation. Right. Well, Donald Trump is certainly the major example of that. I think Bruce <laughs> Browner is another example of that. Uh, I happen to think that J.B. Pritzker has done a pretty good job as, as governor. I think he's the and, exception and I, that proves the the yeah, rule. And, yes. Yeah, I, 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 and actually that was one of the reasons why I didn't vote for him uh, in the primary. What was it? Uh, 2018. Uh, because I felt that that uh, he was just a rich guy who wanted to start at the top, and they start, you know, get you become be a congressman or, or a state rep and get some experience and learn how government legislation works for you, and say you want to you want the top job. That's not how rich people work. That's not how Willie Wilson works. Willie Wilson's only credential for, for being mayor is that he's a rich man. He's made a lot of money in the medical supply business. God love him for that. That's wonderful. But it doesn't mean that you should be able to run a city. And or, or, but it doesn't mean you can't. It just means that you have to make the case that you're more than just a guy who gives away gas, gro- gas money and grocery money, and you're a good guy. And but but he is, you know, when you hear him talk, and I'm not talking about his accent or his his dictionary. I got. I'm talking about the policies that he puts forward, the answers that he gives to questions. You take take aside the way how he speaks exactly, but what he says. There's so little there. That you mm-hmm. know what he would do. He's he's in office, and and, and that's the challenge that I, that I would throw out to people who are supporting him. Like, yeah, he's a good guy, and he's a successful guy, but that doesn't make him a good mayor. We have real challenges in this city. We need someone who is up to those challenges. Someone who has really thought through these issues. Who really has plans. Well, a perfect example of that in in some quarters you'll hear was Lori Lightfoot. People voted for her because she was outside the system. You know, she didn't have any relationships with Mike Madigan or Ed Burke. She was going to come in. She had, you know, she was a prosecutor. She was smart. She didn't been involved with the police board. You know, she was uh, she was going to come in and and it was going to be a new day. But it took her a long time to get her feet under her because she didn't know how things worked. And she didn't know, like Tom, I was interviewing Tom Tunney, and he said, you know, because he was one of her big supporters for a really long time, and he yeah. almost yeah. considered running against her himself. And he said, you know, in politics, he said, you can criticize people, but you criticize in private, you praise in public. That is how you get things done. And from the first speech she gave, the day she was inaugurated, she was yep. going after the members of city council. And I think that it showed us that somebody who doesn't have government experience, there's a really steep learning curve to getting things done. Well, yeah. And she, I mean, you remember during her inaugural speech, she basically turned around and called the city council corrupt. It's been that way sort of for a long time. And, and one of the big political mistakes that she has made, she made, was that Willie Wilson endorsed her. He ran against her in the, in the primary or the first round. He lost. He endorsed her. He threw his support behind her. What, she didn't need that support. She won with 74% of the vote. But she didn't really think ahead and think, you know, having Willie Wilson inside the tent 
is a lot better than having him outside the tent. And But she wouldn't even return his phone calls, according to Wilson. She wouldn't take mm-hmm. meetings with him. She just didn't take him seriously. And so now Willie Wilson's going to take enough votes away from Lori Lightfoot that she might well not win a spot in the final two. And that could be like an incredible... I, mean, I want to talk about an own goal by, by Lightfoot. And you're right. I, 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 I thought Lightfoot was a breath of fresh air. I, she did have a lot of experience sort of in these governmental bureaucracy areas. Smart as a whip, you know. She, Lori, Lori is such an impressive woman, and and uh, and she might, she still might win. She still might might make it. But but uh, uh, I, I agree with you. Her her political skills were really lacking, and I think that's what happens sometimes when you don't have government experiences. You don't understand what Tom Tunney was telling you was that whole way of of, uh, uh, of dealing with people and how to how to make political traction by addition, not subtraction. So anyway, it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm really glad to talk to you about it, Joe. It's fun. I'm getting things yeah. off my chest. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Can you tell, Your Highness? Yeah. Yes, yes. Your Majesty, I think is what I want. Oh, Your Majesty? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, in, my, in my ignorance, I thought those two titles would be interchangeable. I apologize. I, I, I answer to both. Okay. Eric Zorn, uh, Picayune Sentinel. It will come out Thursday, which is, um, I don't know, I think two days from now, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be. Um, But uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, Mr. Zorn. Take care of yourself. John, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All righty. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jonathan Alter.